really excited to have a, a true expert on the uh, on the line today as part of the Copacino Fujikado podcast series. Uh, we have Lisa Colantuono with us. That's a great Italian name, by the way. Always good to have a paisan on the airwaves. Um, <laughs> And really uh, excited to talk to Lisa today because there's a lot going on in the new business world. And for agencies and marketers alike, us being able to keep a pulse on what's happening in the new business front and and understand um, what 24 may 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 bring is, is super valuable. And there's no better expert to do that than Lisa, who has 22 plus even more years uh, steering AAR Partners, a, a national search consultant based out of New York. Um, and by her role in AAR, she's really a new business oracle, uh, constantly keeping her uh, finger to the pulse of what's happening in the new business landscape. Um, she's one of the most responsive people I've ever met. I always get an email back from you very quickly, so I really do appreciate that. And just a general awesome human. And got a plug you, I'm going to embarrass you, an amazing pianist. Um, for those who don't know, this uh, holiday season... Uh, Lisa did a, a concert that was live streamed and it was really, really cool. So, um, and she's done, um, a lullaby album before, and that's really, really cool too. Maybe we'll talk about that. But, uh, before I ramble on too long, I will introduce Lisa Colantuono with AA Partners. Thank you for being here today. Oh my gosh, Chris. Well, with that intro, I think we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Why ruin it? Um, but thank you so much for that lovely introduction and, uh, yeah, my goodness. Well, listen, Paisan to Paisan, this is going to be very truthful and transparent, <laughs> and there's no reason to hide anything in terms of this conversation. But again, thank you for such a lovely introduction. Absolutely. So um, obviously, uh, if you're in this business, you know AAR, but talk a little bit about your experience and time at AAR, and um, just would love to hear you know, kind of about your role for the people who are uninitiated. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, well, listen, I feel like there is nothing prior to AAR Partners <laughs> any longer. Uh, my whole life is uh, hinged on AAR Partners and agency search. Uh, but listen, prior prior to AAR, I, I started in the uh, early 90s at uh, Young and Ruby Cam, Y&R, which, oh, yeah. oh gosh, rest in peace, Y&R. Um, <laughs> But I was a, a, I'll date myself quickly, I was a print specialist for the tobacco industry. Wow. <laughs> so uh, I don't think too many people can, can say that in terms of the start of their career any longer. But um, yeah, I, I started uh, in the industry uh, in the, on the media side and quickly went into all different areas uh, in terms of media. Uh, I worked for the American Baby Group. I even went to the client side. I went to um, Make-A-Wish Foundation in terms of the nonprofit. Uh, I, I ended up teaching at NYIT for 16 years, uh, graduate and undergraduate classes in advertising and media and marketing and what have you. But I, long story short, I literally fell into AAR Partners. I had no idea what a search consultant was in 2001, and here I am 22 years later, almost 23 years later. Uh, we've made some pivots along the way and a, and a pretty big pivot about six, seven years ago uh, in terms of reversing the search mm -hmm. and streamlining things and maybe even avoiding the pitch altogether. Mm -hmm. But uh, a lot has happened. Uh, but I, uh, I literally just 
fell into agency search consulting. I had no idea it existed, but uh, what a ride. And it's been a great one to, to say the least. And maybe another 22 years to come. Who knows? There you go. There you go. Uh, absolutely. So maybe talk a little bit about the growth program. Uh, all uh, transparency uh, for all our listeners out there is that uh, Copacino Fujicato is part of the AR growth program. Really cool program for agencies. So if you have any agency folks uh, listening out there, you want to talk about the AR growth program, which is really about reversing the search, which is which is great. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. So um, in 2018, I really had been thinking and toying and, and trying to plot how do we reverse the surge? How do we maybe even avoid the pitch? How do we help marketers get a good education of agencies that are out there? And how do we endorse really solid agencies without selling anything to anybody? And mm -hmm. the reason why I pivoted, or one of the big reasons why the pivot started was, quite frankly, because of a very interesting fact that about 75% maybe even more now, uh, do their own reviews. Marketers mm -hmm. do their own reviews. I mean, they don't, they don't all run out and hire search consultants. I know everybody sort of tends to think everything runs through search consultants, but mm -hmm. that's not really the case. Um, so many of them go at it on their own. However, around 47-ish percent, the client-agency relationship does not outlast the industry average. In fact, it falls short by about 50% wow. of the industry average. And that's the hard part. So I guess the answer here was, well, not I guess, I know the answer here was, well, if you can't beat them, how do you join them? Mm -hmm. How do you help marketers in terms of supporting them with doing reviews on their own and hopefully having it be successful? So we launched this growth program with that notion of, all right, you know what? Like I said, if you can't beat them, how do you join them? How do you educate marketers on a portion of the landscape, agency landscape? How do you endorse some of those agencies that are out there that are really solid and not sell anybody anything? Right? And that's really how this thing started. And then, of course, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess, and <laughs> I keep adding to the plate. And it got into consultation with agencies and helping them with materials and, and new business in general and what have you and leads that I share every month that I'm looking for uh, so that, again, we could avoid the pitch process and build relationships uh, because it really is new business is really all about relationship building mm -hmm. at the right time. Mm -hmm. OK, then that, that's what it boils down to. Uh, of course, we got into education and sharing all sorts of content and insights and talks that I have with CMOs. And this past year in 23, we added in a video series called Inside the Review, mm -hmm. where we literally share what marketers say behind closed doors uh, for years and years and years. I've heard agencies We've always say, wanted to be a fly on the wall. Yeah, exactly. Can I be a fly on the wall? And, and well, now you're a fly on the wall. So I am sharing all of that stuff. And it goes on. I, I mean, there's just lots of stuff, um, including endorsements, you know, sharing uh, ebooks, if you will, every every quarter for the most part, 
uh, just saying to marketers, look, I'm not, I'm not selling you anything. I'm mm -hmm. not doing anything. I'm just, I'm educating you. Here you go. Uh, here's a book to take a look at. I believe it would be very helpful for you to learn who's who and best of the best kind of agencies that are out there. And, and that's that. And that's how this whole thing started with this notion of, again, how do I reverse the search, maybe avoid the pitch, educate, endorse, help agencies with growth, and keep it very simple and without beating up agencies in terms of annual fees. And you'll be the first person to say it's nothing too crazy. Totally. No, it's a multifaceted resource. We've definitely benefited from it. And, um, you know, I know we have a, a good chat next week on, on trends. So we're going to kind of, uh, you know, jump in line here, but, um, <clears throat> that's so, so great program and, and great organization. And, and thanks again for being here. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, uh, we're sitting here in January of 24 coming off 23 and 23 was a wild year. I, I, I showed a, a slide to our agency at our end of year, um, celebration, which was a roller coaster. And, and it really felt like that because, you know, early on there was a recession and, uh, recession fears, you know, and, and, you know, what happened if someone threw a recession and no one showed up is kind of what happened. And then people sat on the sidelines and then it, it started to spark. I mean, I know from our planning and our are projecting it was a roller coaster of feeling pretty good, um, getting a little worried, and then Q3, Q4, uh, hold on to your hats. And, and so I'd just love to kind of hear from you what you saw in 23 and, and to put a bow on 23. You know, what did you see transpire in the, in the new business sphere? Oh, goodness. Well, I, I think you kind of summed it up pretty well. It, it was one hell of a roller coaster ride <laughs> last year for sure. Um, I, I, look, I, I don't even know if it was a true roller coaster ride. I think it was just a downward run for the first half of the year. And then, boom, it went up and straight up uh, in July. And I can tell you exactly when it happened. In July, there was a 10-day green streak in the market. And simultaneous to that, the floodgates opened. Mm -hmm. like every marketer that was holding and waiting and hedging their bets and just hoping for something to change decided to flip the switch. And mid-late January, early August, it was a wild ride. Like the, like I said, the floodgates opened. Everybody was busy. AAR ended up with one review after another, four in a row for four weeks. Mm. In fact, the fourth one, we even said, it is so wildly busy right now. It is in your best interest that you waited this long to wait a month. Mm. before getting started just to make because sure you didn't lose out on an opportunity exactly right you because you, you, exactly right because you're going to end up having a shorter list than normal mm -hmm. um agencies are going to bow out not because they don't love you uh and aren't interested in the brand but they're just too darn busy mm -hmm. right and there's too much going on where the bench strength is an issue now and the rubber band could only you know stretch so <laughs> far so it was absolutely nuts between, like I said, mid-July, early August. And then I really thought after Labor Day, it would keep, it would really spike. And it didn't. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. actually didn't. And in, in fact, everybody said the same thing where they, 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 the floodgates opened. 
And then nothing new happened after Labor Day. We were just all crazy busy with what happened Mm -hmm. in July, August. Mm -hmm. And that was it through the rest of the year. Late year, very late end of the year, uh, as we all know, the markets started to really take off. So I think we all thought the first part of this year would be wild. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, it's a little bit of a cautious Mm -hmm. mentality right now. I mean, we're only three weeks in Mm -hmm. to 24. There's definitely interest and there's definitely opportunity more than last year at this Mm -hmm. time, thankfully. But not as much as I thought it would be. Yeah. And so there's still this cautious attitude, which is interesting. And I think part of it is the year we're heading into, unfortunately, it's a presidential election. Mm -hmm. And I think we're all, you know, uh, uh, dreading what we're going to go through. What we're in for, yeah. And what we're in for, correct. But we're not out of the woods in terms of the economic environment. Mm -hmm. It is definitely going to be another up and down kind of year. You still have this little bit of a recession dangling in front of you, whether it's a soft landing or or minor recession or whatever it might be. Inflation, um, interest rates, Mm -hmm. housing. I mean, Mm -hmm. you name it. Geopolitical unrest, let's be honest. Geopolitical unrest, wars that are going on, tension of more wars. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's just... We are in a period of pure uncertainty, yep. and that, that's all there is to it. And quite frankly, personally, I think we're in the middle of it. Um, I think we still have a bit to go. Uh, the economic instability is there. The uh, The debt ceiling is climbing. I mean, we have all sorts of pretty big issues that we're dealing with, and unfortunately, this industry, when it comes to marketing and advertising, yeah, we we get hit first and we come back last. I yep. mean, that's, that's all there is to it, unfortunately. But, um, you know, do I think that marketers have a little bit of a different attitude from last year? Last year it was more or less deer in a headlight. Mm-hmm. You know, just sitting and holding and waiting and praying. <laughs> but this year... Again, there's the uncertainty, there's the hesitation, but the difference is I need to sell. You know, it's that <laughs> it's that whisper of I need to sell, yeah. I need to yeah. sell. And, and yes, and if you need to sell, then you have to get out there. So yeah. uh, there is a pivot. There's definitely a pivot. Um, 2020, 2021, 2022, it was all about performance. Yep. Right. Performance. If I heard performance, performance marketing. Yeah, exactly. It it was every every conversation was I need a performance agency. Right. Which I would always make a joke. Well, you know, they don't perform. You fire them. So, (laughs) you know, but I I, obviously we all get what they mean. Um, Then last year, 23, it flipped to brand. It was all about brands. Right. And it was all about building brand and building brand affinity and building brand advocacy and building brand love. Well, that's indicative of a downward spiral. Mm. Right. So that was the focus. And then late in the year and now early into this new year, it's 
flipping back the other way. However, I don't think it's going to flip back to performance. I think we're finally in that brand and demand arena. Uh, I think the two is going to be important. They need to sell. I think performance returns. But it's a combination where the top of the funnel and the bottom of the funnel, I think, are going to meet in the middle. Yep. Right. Um, so, which would be great. I think that's where it should be. It really is about performance storytelling, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, that's a big. I think that's a big difference in terms of what we're heading into for twenty four. That's helpful. Let me, let me try something on a theory on for you. See if you agree. Because we've all we've worked in this business. You and I have worked in this business for a while, and you get to a certain seasonality of things where you expect, you know. Q4, people to ramp up reviews, get ready for the new year. We all know that Mm -hmm. that busy period that comes out of, um, you know, after Labor Day because people go, oh, Mm -hmm. gosh, I got to get something done for the end of the year, all those things. Um, I have a theory that um, and we're that we're and we're finally, I think, starting to extricate ourselves from this, but that um, the just the planning cycles from covid have messed with brands and companies where budgets are getting approved later, they're getting approved kind of, they're conditional budgets. And therefore, because so many things were interrupted, that that seasonality and that kind of tempo that we have uh, grown accustomed to has been disrupted so much that we're creatures of habit that it feels weird to us. And that's why there's been so much of um, hesitation and um, pause before, you know, brands are ready to go. Do you think there's any validity to that? Well, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, look, supply chain interruption was a big, big, big ordeal after COVID. It still has its impact. We're still feeling the impact of COVID for sure. But now COVID coupled with, again, wars Mm -hmm. is definitely impacting things. Now, if I read the press correctly today, and I I did, to to be transparent, I didn't read the whole thing, but, you know, headline, we're all headline readers at this point. (laughs) But now there's, you know, trouble in the Red Seas. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to impact. In fact, they even, I think I even read a couple of lines about how that's going to start impacting uh, production and, and, and supply chain and what have you. So it's like we can't seem to get out of our own way. In fact, in fact, the, 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 the term last year that was used, which I, I hate to say it, I think it's going to carry into 24, is permacrisis. It, it, there's always some sort of crisis right. going on right. lately. Right? If it's not one, it's a, one thing, it's another thing, right? So, yes, I, I agree with you. Sure, absolutely. H- how could a pandemic not mm-hmm. affect uh, the supply chains and, and economic industries and, and production and what have you. Of course, it, of course. Right. Um, and it's certainly going to have an impact for a, a number of years out. Mm-hmm. And there are articles out there that talk about it'll be a long time mm-hmm. before we see ourselves out of this. Right. It's, you know, it's, a pandemic is a pandemic. The period ends. Totally. Um, one other thing you mentioned that I want to I want to dig into a little bit is you know this um, pendulum swinging between brand and performance marketing. And thinking about the other day internally, and I said looked at someone and I said you know all media is actually performance marketing. <laughs> just <laughs> just where, kind of where where you're focused and what you're trying to do. And um, so exactly. it gets me it, it gets me to this point, and I think it it gets towards a trend that I'd love to talk about is you know it's the, the 
the the false duality of either or and both and marketers i think looking for that those shops that understand both and how powerful creative ideas can flow through different parts of the purchase funnel all under one roof but the idea still holds it just it, it just gets tweaked for uh, the purpose at the very moment well that's just it that's that's exactly what it is it's like it, it's a they need the strong idea and they need new ideas that are not referential, mm-hmm. right? Every marketer is looking for great creative ideas that are not familiar or referential. And um, at the same time, they're looking for that, the word is kind of dated, but tradigital thinking, mm-hmm. right? I'm, the traditional is not dead, but as many marketers have said to us, especially over the past couple of years now, I need that modern age thinking. I need mm-hmm. the modernization mm-hmm. of my brand planning and, and Marcom plans. And yes, they do. In fact, there were a couple of uh, brands that went into review just because of that. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, my agency is still kind of thinking all traditional and I need to get out of that and I need to get into the digital space a lot more and I need to modernize things and I need the, I need the modern media. Yeah, yeah, it's not going away. I mean, it's only getting more and more <laughs> and more, right? So it is a balance of traditional and digital channels with brand experience, right? Um, and, and I do think there's a need, especially this year, for personalization, hmm. right? Um, uh, micro targeting, because we're in this increasingly fragmented uh, attention co- economy, mm-hmm. right? So that alone is impacting. How do I? How do I get out there? How do I? How do I? build awareness, but build engagement, right? Um, And that is what they're struggling with, in addition to all sorts of tactics. In fact, uh, I was speaking to the past CMO of CC's maybe late last year, and they were talking about influencer marketing Mm -hmm. and how they're questioning it. That's a big question now is... In fact, I remember her saying, I, I think it's, you know, the juice is not worth the squeeze, right? <laughs> um, partially because we're all much smarter now. We're right, all we much see through it. savvier now. Yeah. We see through it. And, you know, that was all new when social media was a little newer and the Instagrams were exploding. And, and mm-hmm. now that it's all part and parcel to our daily lives, we see through it to yeah. your point. No, that's, 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 that's powerful. I think one, so the, the underlying trend in, in this discussion between brand and performance and a shop that can do it, uh, most of it or do it all is, is, is agency service consolidation. And, and that's, a, I know that's a mouthful, but we <laughs> saw, we saw a lot of it last year. We, we had a, a pitch, um, it was actually a, a little bit of a, de- a defense, but it was an, it was kind of a lose it, you know, kind of all in or all out kind of thing mm-hmm, where it was like, mm-hmm, Hey, you either mm-hmm. take on all these services or we're going to look for someone who can. So we did. Um, but you know, we see that as a major trend continuing. I'd love to hear your thoughts and just, you know, back to this idea of, I need a true integrated agency who can do a lot for me. And, um, would love to hear you speak to that a little bit. 
Sure. Uh, I, I think one of the big trends this year in 24 is consolidation and integration. Mm-hmm. Um, I started hearing that late last year here at AAR Partners, and, and more and more clients are looking for that integrated, consolidated agency that could handle multiple disciplines and multiple services and what have you. And look, part of that is for obvious reasons, for mm-hmm. economic efficiencies, mm-hmm. uh, and for efficiencies in general in totally. terms of a, a relationship, right? It's much easier to work with one agency than multiple agencies. But the other thing to think about is uh, agencies really need to come to the table with, un- yes, understanding performance, of course, but how it connects to the brand or how the brand connects to performance mm-hmm. either way. Mm-hmm. But it's also about understanding people, mm. the consumer. And I hate to use that word consumer because consumers are really people. Mm-hmm. And it is about understanding how people consume content and media today. Mm-hmm. And that is a big, big nut to crack. Right? So it, it almost changes, I don't know about daily, but much more frequently than it it did 10, 20 years ago, for sure. But an agency that can come to the table and, yes, talk about brand, talk about performance, talk about the fragmented media, talk about customer experience uh, in digital channels. Absolutely. These, these are all table stakes at this mm-hmm. point. But the agency that could also talk about people mm-hmm. and how they consume content and how they generate content. Because that's the other thing. It's not just the client, the agency, and the brand anymore. Right. There's the creator. The, the, there's con- the, the, there's cons- the there's consumer the as creator, yeah. The, there you go. There's the consumer. That's the creator. And that's – we're in a whole new world. Right. Fourth dimension. <laughs> we've, we've broken the fourth wall. <laughs> we sure have. And it cannot be – Ignored. Right. It it just can't be ignored. It's it's there. It's not going anywhere. It's it, and I think it's going to get more and more powerful. I think it's powerful. I think that is powerful because, um, you know, for a long time, agencies have owned insights and and that's important. We'll never give those away. That's our value is to own those insights and bring those forward. But I think sometimes you almost those insights almost become too academic, theoretic, right. theoretical. And I love what right. you said about understanding how what like what people do, like, how do they do it? And, and we were having this discussion the other day, I was in a a meeting, um, about some, uh, some media reporting (laughs) and there was a discussion about these contextual placements deep inside content. And there was a concern about, um, the click through rate on those. And I go, and I said, well, okay, if you are deep, in a Vanity Fair article or something that is pretty immersive that you're into and you see an ad, what is your likelihood that you're going to jump out and go and, <laughs> and chase that thread? Not a lot, right? So, right. but, right. but you want to be contextually relevant in a good environment and get that brand hit and you have, so tip your cap and move on. So that's a, that's a very specific example, but I love that understanding of how people consume and create consumers, uh, cons- consume and create content. Absolutely. And, and I'll, I'll give credit here to Jim Stangle, who's, you know, if anybody, there's anybody, they know Jim Stangle. And he's a, a brilliant marketer. And I remember, oh, goodness, this has to be 
18, 20 years ago, I, I caught him saying, you target a consumer. Mm -hmm. You talk, or in, in New York language, you talk. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to people, mm -hmm. right? And that never left me. It's like, yeah, you, you do. You target a consumer, but you talk to a person. And we really are in the business of relationships, mm -hmm. whether it's agency and clients or, quite frankly, people and brands. Mm -hmm. There is a relationship with brands. I know it's not a living object, but it can be in a sense. And, and I guarantee you, you could give me examples and argue that. You know, there are brands that feel like they are living breathing services or objects. Right. right? And we can name names right now. I, I guarantee it. So yes, there is a relationship. And, and I guarantee that you could think about probably four, five, six brands that you use because you use them as a child and right. you grew up with them and you trust them. And well, it's the same the same thing you know we're we're in the business of relationships first whether it's client and agency or i'll say people and brands mm -hmm. i love that it's I, it gets me thinking too because i think you know for a long time uh you know the pendulum swings on this in our business but specialization for agencies was was a rage for a while you know yeah, where, sure. and and clients um you know so clients found themselves owning the brand and owning the audience and then owning the single point of integration among all these agencies, right. you know, Hey, I have my creative agency, my media agency, my PR agency, my social agency, my digital agency, my, my website, multicultural, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, as we talk and, and then we also see the rise of strategy, the importance of strategy, right? All the agencies are investing in strategy and mm -hmm. we should be because that's, and that, that is, that is a, un, um, when you have really tight, clean strategy, that's hard to replicate. So therefore this idea that says, um, the agency owns the consumer client owns the brand. And then we own the channels of which we talk to this consumer and we mm -hmm. help that client integrate those. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of like, duh, but it's that pendulum swinging back in from my mind to, to, cons to consolidation because you, you've talked to clients, they have a million one things to do. They have a lot of uh, publics and, and stakeholders in their, on their side that they're trying to answer to. They're going to all these different meetings. They're trying to manage their team. They're trying to do this. And to ask mm -hmm. them to be the single point of integration to, 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 uh, to take power to communicate a brand across all these different channels is um, a pipe dream. Overwhelming. So, totally. <laughs> it's, so, it's overwhelming. And, and, it really, know, truly is. And I, frankly, I think that, you know, the, the rise of the independent who can consolidate and add and, and provide those services, those more kind of breadth of services are mm -hmm. going to be really strong because heretofore it's really been the holding companies who can marshal those resources, you know, and really, and kind of, and talk about that, that breadth, um, and independent have tried, but you know, they don't do everything well. And so you have to do everything well with excellence and then be able to deliver. But I think there's a huge, uh, opportunity. That was a little bit of a soapbox, but I'd love to hear you react to that. <laughs> no, I, I mean, look, the, the fact of the matter is it, it depends on the brand when it comes to the 
smaller independent agency versus the larger network agency. That, that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when AAR Partners did the uh, Brown Foreman review uh, mm -hmm. a few years ago, there were, they were, oh my gosh, I think there were four portfolios, uh, international brands. No, they're not going to look at a small independent mm -hmm. agency. Every agency under the sun was reaching out, and, <laughs> and rightfully so. You know, it's an, it's an awesome company, it, great brands, there's so much creativity within them. Uh, but no, you know, unless you have the global footprint and you really do have the support that you need and the bench strength that you need and the resources that you need and the depth of everything that you need, no, they weren't. They weren't open to a smaller independent mm -hmm. agency. Mm -hmm. They just weren't. Right. You know, there's a scale more, issue. There's a scale issue. Absolutely. More recently, last year, I won't name names on this one, but we did <laughs> a pretty large healthcare uh, system review, and um, whew, I, they have really crazy schedules. And they have a lot of demands on themselves and on the agency. Mm -hmm. And with that said, no way, no how could they have a smaller independent agency. Mm -hmm. Not going to happen. Mm -hmm. they, they would put the agency under mm -hmm. you know, just by just just because of scheduling and rescheduling meetings alone. Right? So they need that depth and the bench strength and, and, again, the resources or what have you in order to keep up with the demands of that business. Now, flip the other way, and we did a review for uh, Tate's Bake Shop, Tate's, Tate's Cookies, mm -hmm, as you know. Mm -hmm. you know yes, they, they were very open mm -hmm. to the smaller independent agency, 30-ish people or whatever it was, you know, and not that a number is, a, it's not like it's a specific number, but, you know, a smaller uh, smaller independent agency, very open, mm -hmm. very open. It just depends on the brand, right. quite frankly, in terms of what they want, what their needs are, what the brand needs are, what the, um, you know, what the scope of work is going to be, what the demands are going to be. You know, I, for many, many years, I've spoken to small agencies, and, and I don't hear. Be gentle. Hear the, Be gentle, Lisa. <laughs> I always hear the same thing. Um, I want that big whale. Right. Like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, yeah, I do. No, you don't. Like, <laughs> you think you do. Yeah. But you don't, right? Because, first of all, that big whale is going to take up all of your time, it's going to swallow you up. Mm hmm. All of your resources, mm -hmm. everything about that big whale is going to require all of your attention and more. Yep. And then, heaven forbid, that big whale decides to move on. Right. Hello. Now what? Right. Right. So be careful what you wish for. Totally. You know, it, it's, it's the... It's the diverse portfolio that we're all told by financial people and advisors <laughs> It's the same darn thing. Totally. Go back in time. Well, no, we don't want to go back in time. But if we go back in time to the pandemic, same thing. Who were the agencies, even small agencies, those that survived? How did they survive? It wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. But those that survived had really, truly diverse portfolios. Totally. And that's how they made it through. All right. So, yeah, you know, I mean, again, to answer your question, I think it depends on the brand for the most part. Um but there are more and more brands, for sure, 
uh, Procter and Gamble, P and G, they they were definitely front of the line in terms of happy to look at smaller agencies. Yeah. In fact, I think some of them are even better. Yeah. We had, Sorry, we, had a com- we had a conversation with P&G a couple of years ago where they were looking at smaller agencies. They, they show up at Ad Age Small Agency every year. Absolutely. Se- seeking Absolutely. Those. You know, it's, gosh, it's so funny. Um, you know, because I agree, I mean, I agree with you that that smaller agencies sitting there and go, we want this, we want this whale. And, um, yeah. you know, we, we've, we've been through it, but, um, you know, and as I talked about that, I'm coming from in the back of my brain is, um, and we, you know, we've had this conversation, Lisa, but you know, the way we're thinking about our business now, you know, and, and right. being meant built, literally built for midsize advertisers because midsize sure. advertisers need great agencies. And it just gets yes. me to this point of this. You just have to be, agencies have to be so piercingly clear about what they do and who they do it for. And, you know, we've struggled with that over our, our, our years, but I feel like at least we have some good traction in this now because it has made my life as a business development person easier. And you don't tilt at windmills waiting for uh, Apple to walk in the door. You're, you're out there kind of showcasing your value to the people who will um, value your value. Well, I just had a conversation, I don't know, a month or so ago with the um, head of PR at WHO Foundation, by the Mm -hmm. way. It's not called who, I found (laughs) out. Uh, And she had a great line. Does your you match your do? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's such a great, cool line. Does your you match your do? And that's exactly what it is, right? So, Everything about you, whatever you say, whatever you're projecting out there in the industry or in the world, are you really doing it? Mm -hmm. And can they trust you with it? And can they trust you with the people? And again, the thinking and the creative and the resources and the, and the constant changes. Mm -hmm. I mean, so though, you know, they're, they're not, they're looking for, what are they looking for? Yes. They're looking for creative that's not vanilla Mm -hmm. they're looking for creative that's not referential they they're looking for creative that's not safe um they need salient creative but they also need the strategic smarts Mm -hmm. that anchors into that creative Mm -hmm. right um yes they want the creative edge they want the creative prowess but i remember tate saying the agency's job is to push the client out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And the client's job is to reel the agency in appropriately. Mm-hmm. And that, that was perfect. That's, that's exactly what the relationship should be. Right? But in order for you know, brands to survive and thrive, both teams need to understand, again, the people buying that brand, mm-hmm. how they're going about buying that brand, if they're creating content about their brand, how to make connections that are engaging and purposeful for that brand. I mean, and the value to your point, right? I mean, there's just, there's so much that has changed in such a short period of time. But we still go back to, I need an agency that is a business partner. Right. And understands my brand, not just for 
Marcom's sake, but also a solid understanding of the business operations. Right, right. right? And, and some, some sectors more than others, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, they, they are looking for you to truly help them with operations. Yep. Right? And that's, I don't know, I, I, I hear it more and more yeah, in it, terms it, of, of, of understanding where we're coming from and where we need to go. Totally. That business thought partner who majors in marketing makes, makes a lot of sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some of these other trends that are, um, that I've been thinking about and kind of have been in the, uh, the, the print around the trades. Uh, you mentioned one earlier in this conversation, brand reappraisal. You saw it come back full force in that small little, uh, uptick that you mentioned in summer of 23. Do you think more brands are going to be taking a hard look at their, at their brands, uh, in 24 around some of the larger forces at play, or just quite frankly, um, haven't got to the brand here in the last couple of years. Need to need to check under the hood and make sure the brand's okay. What what are you seeing? No, I mean, look, a, a marketer's job is to protect their brands, right? Um, a marketer's job is to sell that brand. I mean, that's really the marketer's job in the end. If they don't sell or else, go back to Ogilvy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it really does boil down to sell or else. Um, so they, there's only so much in terms of brand building. If you don't sell, well, then... You're not going to be in that seat for a very long period of time. So there, there needs to be a real understanding of how to, again, build those relationships, get the brand out there, engage the consumer or the, the people, whatever you want to call them. Um, but, you know, what frustrates marketers in terms of agencies and what tips them into reviews and why do they even think about uh, changing agencies and uh, reevaluating their brand. Well, there's a lot of things, quite frankly, but all of it, and I mean all of it, mm-hmm. comes back to one word when it comes to that agency relationship, mm-hmm. and that's complacency. Mm-hmm. Every single statement, rationale, reason for a review in some way, shape, form, capacity comes back to complacency. Mm. I, I, I mean, I can give you story after story. I, right. the, the, I'll give you one, you know, in terms of there was a financial group, I think it was a financial group. And they said, well, we like the agency. We like the people. Um, no, they're strong with strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, creative's not so bad. I'm like, wait, wait, time out. Why are we talking? <laughs> what, what am I missing yeah, here? Right. Why, why are you doing this review? They don't worry about my business the way I do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. you know, that's that's something that could be avoided big time. Yeah. Right? Same thing with last year or two years ago. I, I need more modern marketing and, and, and Marcom plans. Well, I hate to say it, but that's somewhat that's complacency. Too. Right, right. Right. I, you know, you're not thinking proactively about the brand. Right. right. So, you know, do I think marketers are going to reevaluate their brands this year? Look, they reevaluate their brands every year. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're supposed There's, to. Yeah, right. I, I mean, it's if they're a, it's not doing that. It's derelict of duty if they're not. Yeah, exactly. Like, well, well, then what are you doing? <laughs> so, 
yeah, they're supposed to be reevaluating mm-hmm. and, and reassessing and making sure that they're uh, relevant in terms of the consumer's eyes um, and that they're engaging and et cetera, et cetera, right? So that's a consistent thing that they right. should be doing. And, and they are, you know, but Marcom is really only one sliver of their marketing pie and us as agencies and even an agency search consultants, we tend to think that sliver is like 99%. (laughs) And, and it's, it's just not, it's just not. I have that conversation with our team a lot. If, you know, if you spend a day in the shoes of your client and all the things that they're talking about as it relates to those other P's or, you know, tent poles of marketing, um, the Marcom is a sliver. And therefore, get to back to your point, when you are yeah. in front of them, you better lead. You better demonstrate your ability to have a vision uh, that you can put in front of them uh, that mm-hmm. impacts their business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting you to hear you say that, you know, regardless of the symptom, <laughs> the uh, consistent diagnosis is complacency. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and a, a, another a uh, new business resource not to be mentioned in this uh, recording re- recently came out with a study. And one of the biggest things that marketers are asking for is proactivity and, and their agencies to play offense. We felt uh, really emboldened by that because as we revamped our values in the last couple of years, we have a strong one. It's at the top. It's play offense. And that means lead, be proactive ideas before they ask and make sure we're, you know, snow plowing the way towards success. And, um, so it's, it's fascinating to see that and to hear, hear you say it, but if, if I'm really real and I think about the agency relationships that have gone bad in, in my experience and there's, you know, thankfully there's not a ton of them. Mm-hmm. I think complacency, you know, if I'm really self-critical, complacency comes, uh, comes up. So I, it's, it's awesome to hear you say that. You took the word out of my mouth. You know, it it is about proactivity. And again, going back to any kind of relationship, personal, professional, whatever it is, if you really want a successful relationship, you need to be proactive. Mm -hmm. Relationships take work. That's all there is to it. Well, you know, why do we always compare a client agency relationship to a husband and wife marriage, right? Why? Well, because there are so many similarities Mm -hmm. to it. It it really is truly uh, the same idea. And with all of that said, it is it is it is those relationships that are thoughtful and proactive and uh, giving and, and, and unselfish. Right. Those are the ones that are successful. And the same thing applies here. In fact, I, I did a post a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, on LinkedIn in terms of I was reminded that every single family has problems. You know, mm-hmm. we all live in this nonsense Facebook world right. where you look at your friends and you think, oh, my gosh, they have these perfect lives. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and obviously that's not, that's not their world. It's not perfect. We have this perception because of thank you, Facebook. But – Every single family has issues, problems, landmines, whatever it might be. But those that get through it and don't throw in the towel and Mm -hmm. and throw out the D word, well, (laughs) they solve the problems as a unit. 
right. together. Right. And it's the same darn thing with clients and agencies. I love that. Right. I mean, it's the same exact thing. The age, yeah, sure. Maybe the agency has to lead a little bit more, right? And and pull stuff out of the client, right? Or go the other way. And to your point, be proactive and share and think about this and think about that. And yes, I get the whole scope of work margins problem, but you know what? You have to think through all of that when you sign the dotted line. Right. Um, because you 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 are not going to keep a relationship going, growing and thriving without being thoughtful, innovative and proactive. It's uh, not going to happen. Totally. And I and I think that's so perfect. I, I I I my biggest fear with our clients, you know, we, we want to be those relationships and partnerships and putting work into them because my biggest fear is becoming that transactional relationship, which then is, you know, you have nothing to trade on. You have no equity associated with that. There's nothing yeah. to, you know, it's just, it's just, what have you done for me lately? And there's no equity to trade on. And then you do get into, um, you know, those cost discussions and all those different things. And that's, that's the beginning of the end. Uh, of course. And look, that that's not to say that they're not interested and, and focused on resourcefulness and efficiencies mm-hmm. and um, efficient and effective production value. I mean, well, look, you know, that, that's all table stakes. That, that has to be there. That's not to say that they're not interested in, again, innovative, salient, creative. That's not to say that they're not interested in digitally led mm-hmm. um, modern media thinking, um, you know, or agility to market, agility and, and speed rather, and speed to market. These are all things that are absolutely vital and necessary, mm-hmm. but all of that kind of falls apart if the agency isn't truly, truly, truly interested for not just rational reasons, mm-hmm. emotional reasons, mm-hmm. right? And you can't be proactive. If you don't have the heart in the relationship more than the head. Yep. Uh, well said. Uh, and that, that, that's a lot of uh, what I wanted to get, you know, out of what are CMOs thinking about and, and where can the agencies meet them where they're at. I got one more question for you and you've been awesome with your time. Then I'll let you go. I promise. Um, there's been you you mentioned it earlier about you know uh, avoiding the pitch and so these different ways that brands are finding agencies and you know this AO you know the ongoing AOR versus project uh, mm-hmm. uh, dance that we, we we that's been a topic of conversation for a lot of years you know budget sizes uh, varying or or going down um, this idea of yeah trying before I buy I want to work you know in a project capacity and if it goes well then we can we can formalize something a little mm-hmm, bit more mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. are you viewing that in 24 um, and you know I, I know that's weird for a search consultant to uh, to comment on but that's why you pivoted your business away from you know avoiding the pitch and, and into helping you know play matchmaker <laughs> a little bit more in that regard <laughs> so we'd love to just hear your thoughts on the AOR versus project budget size and how marketers are making these decisions in 24. Yeah, I mean, look, it's still early in the year yet. Um, I, I think we're all waiting to see how this year unfolds a little bit. Uh, I think we're all a little uh, apprehensive about what we said earlier in terms of a presidential election and how that's going to affect us. But, I mean, quite frankly, 
business is business, right? And we are or they are looking for faster, more deliberate projects. They are looking for um, short, more short-term tactics that have in, in a quicker impact. Now, because I do think things have changed a bit. You know, bear with me for a second. Mm-hmm. And I, I read this not that long ago, and I, want, I actually want to read it because I think it makes a lot of sense. The CEO must be best friends with the CFO for investors to have confidence. Okay? Follow that sentence, mm-hmm. and it's very true. Mm-hmm. The CMO must be best friends with the CEO in order to have confidence in the brand's business. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the agency must be best friends with the CMO in order to help them have a great relationship with the CEO mm-hmm. and the CFO, <laughs> right? Yep. So that CMO is caught between the CEO and the CFO. Mm-hmm. And as an agency, I think the agency of the future that we've always talked about mm-hmm. is one that is proactive, that sets goals with the CMO and helps them to have that conversation with the CFO so that they can do these quick, short-term projects that show results, mm-hmm. which then they can go back and say, look, it worked. Now give me a little more. Now give me a little more. So yes, I do think that faster, more deliberate projects, um, project work, I, I do think it's there. Yeah. I, absolutely. And I think it's going to stay. Now, as an age, I'm going to go the other way. All right. As an agency... Agencies must learn the power of no. You cannot chase everything, Mm -hmm. and nor should you chase everything. Mm -hmm. You need to know when to say no. You need to know what's good for you. You need to know basically four questions. What are the benefits for the agency? Should the agency win the account? That's number one. What are the benefits for the client? Should the agency win the account? What do we know about this client team? And what is the process that you're going to need to undergo to pitch the account? Now, there's a lot of sub-questions within those questions. Sure. And, and you as an agency, you need to think about, do I pitch it or do I ditch it? <laughs> and quite frankly, it should be 80% of the time that you're not pitching. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the 80-20 rule. It's that old 80-20 rule. Because, look, when you go through a pitch process, it's a lot involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless it's, look, we're going to have two meetings and we're going to give you a challenge question. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But if you start realizing and seeing that there's an RFI and then there's a Q&A and there's work session, final pitch, and blah, 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 you know, it, it starts adding up quickly. And yes, the four A's and the A and A and whomever they they did their big report late last year yep. of what was it um, you know four hundred thousand yeah. dollars yes. for a marketer and one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for an agency. I mean, again, it depends on the brand. I, I don't agree that it's always those numbers, and I'm sure they don't agree either. Um, but quite frankly, for a full review, for a full review. Yes, I believe agencies go now. AAR, I can say it's probably ten to twenty percent less, mm-hmm. um, thankfully, because we don't expect 
really, we don't expect much travel. We don't expect all these one-off videos. We don't, you know, mm -hmm. so we, we try and streamline things. And still, still, that full-blown review can easily creep up to 100 grand. Sure. Absolutely. Sure. You know, so, so you have to be very conscious of what am I saying yes to? Mm -hmm. What am I pitching? Well, what am I pitching for? Right? And, and there's, in fact, we have a whole pitch or ditch chart you know, that we share with agencies um, in terms of, again, the benefit for the agency, the benefit to the client. But the power of no is really powerful. Yep. And um, agencies need to know who they are, who they want to be, who they want to work with, again, for emotional reasons just as much as rational reasons and I, I almost feel like the emotional is more important yep yep what can you really get behind um well this has been this has been terrific um i could i could talk to you for another couple hours but we're gonna we're, we, <laughs> i know we have time as part of our forum next week to chat more so uh but uh, other people won't necessarily get the benefit of that but thank you so much for your time lisa um i know we're you have to get on uh helping uh, brands find uh, great agencies. And we thank you for your work in that regard. Um, but thank you for giving us uh, about an hour of your time to, to chat through what you're seeing in the new business landscape. It's, oh my it's, gosh. It's, it's, it's totally learning. my pleasure, especially uh, Python to Python. Absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, next time in New York, we'll, we'll make sure we maybe meet up for a, a good Italian meal somewhere. There's All right. There we go. We got a deal. All right. Good to see you, Lisa. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Take care. <laughs>